Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. We're doing something a little bit uh, different uh, this week. Typically, we release uh, podcasts on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Our podcasts typically are just a recording of uh, our Sunday worship gathering, uh, the message that's given uh, during that time. Uh, But this week, we want to do something a little bit different. We want to kind of continue on in our series in the book of Ephesians. So at Invitation this fall, we've been uh, walking through uh, this book uh, that's written by the Apostle Paul to this church in this city in Ephesus in the first century. Kind of been doing that uh, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph, uh, chapter by chapter, and and we kind of come to a, a bit of a hinge in the book of Ephesians leading up to chapter five. So on Sunday, uh, we were finishing up Uh, chapter 4 and Paul's talking about taking off the old self uh, and being renewed in your thinking your attitude and then putting on the new self and then he kind of goes into a bit of a list of how that's going to work out in their life as he closes chapter 4 and we're going to be in chapter 5 on Sunday so what we wanted to do just to take a few minutes on a Wednesday morning just to kind of talk through that bridge from what we talked about on Sunday to what we're going to be unpacking uh, this Sunday so Ephesians chapter 4 we come to verse 25 Paul says to this church therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of one body so he's talking about putting off falsehood and speaking truthfully and if you look back in the book of Zechariah God has made a way for the people of Israel to return to Jerusalem and he speaks some promises over them in that transition. And one of the things that we see in chapter 8, the 16th verse of the book of Zechariah, God says to the, through the prophet, these are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all of this declares the Lord. It's really interesting, you know, because what Paul's talking about when he says to put off falsehood and to speak truthfully, he's not just talking about lying, like saying things that aren't true, like talking about something that didn't happen as if it really did happen. But it's about keeping quiet about the truth. And it's interesting why Paul says that we are to put off falsehood and to speak truthfully, like why we should not keep quiet about the truth. And the reason that he gives, it's not because it's right or even that God commands it, but notice what he says. For we are all members of one body. So it's almost as if Paul is saying, put off falsehood, speak truthfully, Not because it's right, not because God even commands it, but because we belong to each other. So what he's saying is that what calls honesty forth is the truth that we belong to each other. Because Paul knows maybe one of the most important lessons for the Ephesian church to learn, something that they really need to take up in their life together is the idea is that they belong to each other. So we got to put off falsehood. We got to speak truthfully. 
We can't keep quiet about the truth because we belong to each other. You know, a body only functions properly if it tells itself the truth. Like if your hand touches something hot, but your hand tells your brain that it's cool, your hand is going to be severely burned. And this is the way that church communities, families are supposed to work. A family or a church community that claims Jesus as Savior, Lord, Redeemer, and Rescuer. Like they belong to one another. And so honesty is going to come forth when we understand that truth. Then he goes on, verse 26, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Like in your anger, don't sin. Don't let, the, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. It's interesting that he says that not to avoid anger, but he says to avoid the brokenness of sin in the midst of your anger. And don't allow, don't allow anger to be the wheel that directs your steps, but use anger to deepen your connection and belonging to God's people. And I think that's so beautiful. It's something that I think is lost in a lot of Jesus communities and a lot of families and a lot of in the lives of people is that what we want to do we want to try to avoid anger instead of using anger to deepen your connection and belonging because anger really is an opportunity for intimacy anger really is an opportunity to to reveal and to say to communicate maybe what's most true about you you know there's a lot of things you can do with anger you can deny anger you can bury anger, you can pass on anger, or you can use anger to build connection. This is what we see in the scriptures over and over and over. We see Jesus who gets really angry. He's, he's angry in the temple because people have turned the temple, turned this holy place into a shopping center. And Jesus is really angry. So he starts flipping over tables and he said, you know, that this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. And then in another place, he's talking with the religious leaders of the day. And he starts name calling. He, he calls them a, a brood of vipers. He calls them sons of hell. Like he's angry with them because they have not understood the fact that they belong to one another. They are not the holders of truth. They're not the holders of blessing. But they belong to one another as people who serve and worship the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It, there's this one place in the scriptures Jesus is so angry that he, he builds a whip from the rope. And so when he's flipping over the tables in the temple, he actually chases people <laughs> out with a whip. And I'm laughing because just that picture is just not one that's a very popular in our day, but that's a part of Jesus' heart. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him space. Don't give him opportunity for his work, for his way, for his vision to take root in your life. And then verse 28, 
He who has been stealing must no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those who are in need. So stop stealing from other people. Like work so that you have something to share with others, not work so that you have something to enjoy for the rest of your life, but work so that you have something to contribute, something to give, something to share, something to bless people with. And then verse 29, a a verse that's really common, famous. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So don't let anything out of your mouth that's unwholesome. Like make sure that with your words you are building up and you are benefiting. If your words aren't building up, if they're not benefiting, then those words should stay inside. They should stay within you. And then in verse 30, And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, have you had a moment in your life when your actions brought grief into the life of another person? Like you you made them sad by your own choices. Paul says, hey, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And since the Spirit of God forms the community of God's people, anything that we do that divides the community, I would tell you, distresses the Spirit. So how is the Spirit sad? How is the Spirit brokenhearted? How is the Spirit grieved? The Spirit's grieved when we make choices to divide the community. When we do that, we distress the Spirit. Paul says, hey, if you're not going to put off falsehood, if you're not going to speak truthfully, if you're not going to avoid sin in your anger, if you're not going to stop stealing, if you're going to allow anger to be the wheel that directs your steps, if you're going to be okay with unwholesome stuff coming out of your mouth, then what's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit is going to be grieved and the community is going to get divided. And then verse 31, he finishes by saying, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. So you got to get rid of some stuff. Got to get rid of bitterness. Like you've been holding on to stuff for too long. You got to get rid of rage. Like there's this storm that has been boiling and brewing inside of you. Got to get rid of this anger. Like anger is not going to help you build a meaningful and beautiful life when it's used violently. But when it's used well, it can actually cultivate deep connection and belonging to other people because maybe one of the most honest things that we will ever say to another person is I'm mad at you like this is wrong this makes me mad this makes me angry I feel frustrated and then in verse 32 be kind and compassionate one another forgiving each other just as Christ just as in Christ God forgave you so Paul ends this section by giving the motivation and model for forgiveness 
that we have been forgiven. That God in Christ has forgiven us. You can go back to chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3 where Paul says again and again to the people in Ephesus, like, hey, you just need to know that you belong, you're adopted, you've been seated with Christ, you've been brought near, you've been rescued. And the motivation for extending forgiveness is the fact that we have received forgiveness. You know, Louis B. Smeads, who is this ethicist at Fuller Seminary in California, once wrote that to forgive is to set the prisoner free and to realize that the prisoner was you. And so sometimes what divides communities is hearts unwilling to forgive, but sometimes what divides communities is people who have allowed their anger to produce sin in their life. In those moments of life, because if we're not giving Christ and his gospel space in our, our life to change us, to transform us, to renew us, then we're giving the evil one a foothold. And Paul's been around too many churches in his life. He knows what happens. He knows human nature. And so he ends this chapter just by reminding them, hey, put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Don't keep quiet about the truth. Because you guys belong to one another.